Good morning. My name is Donnie, and I am the Executive Director of Greenwood Neighborhood Place here in Sundry. It's wonderful to have Jason Nixon, Minister of Seniors, Community, and Social Services with us this morning, as well as Mayor Warnock, Healthy Aging Alberta, and the Sundry Community Van Association. Greenwood Neighborhood Place is a community resource center offering services and programming for all ages. We especially love our seniors and offer in-person services, programs, and events to help them stay connected and engaged. And now I would like to introduce Minister Nixon to make his announcement. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Donnie and Greenwood Neighborhood Place, for hosting us on this brisk morning in my hometown, the best town in all the province, Sundry, Alberta. I do want to uh, thank also His Worship, Richard Warnick, for being here with us today, as well as Lisa Steppens, who's from the Community Leadership Council with Healthy Aging, and Lee Smithson, who you're going to hear from soon, who's the president of the Sundry Community Van Association. Uh, Alberta remains committed to tackling the affordability challenges that we face across Canada and across the world. Largely driven by inflation and global concerns that are taking place that are outside of the control of both the federal and provincial government, uh, the reality, though, is that life is getting more expensive uh, for Albertans and for Canadians, and it's incumbent upon governments uh, to step in and help uh, our our citizens. And that's why Alberta has invested an unprecedented $5.1 billion in affordability measures uh, in, in our province already this year, more than any other jurisdiction in the country, investing in things like removing the gas tax, rebates on electricity bills, affordability payments to Albertans, indexing our social services payments, including senior benefits. Uh, these are significant investments, but more still needs to be done. We're also tackling uh, the, an unprecedented housing challenge that is impacting uh, Canadians and Albertans and particularly fixed-income seniors right now in our province, with an investment of $9 billion between now and 2031 to create 25,000 more affordable housing units across our province. Uh, and we are also being creative and looking at other avenues where we can invest uh, in mechanisms that can help particularly seniors remain in the homes that they've lived in and in the communities that they've built. Uh, the other day I announced with Healthy Aging Alberta a $2.1 million grant, as an example, uh, that would focus on creating opportunities for snow removal and other maintenance issues that seniors face uh, that would be a hindrance to them remaining uh, in their own homes. It's very important uh, to us as a government, I think to us as a community, uh, that we have a community where seniors can remain in the community that they built. Uh, but more importantly, I think it's also important to the community. It's better for our community to have seniors in them. I always say it's better for my children that grandma and grandpa live right here with them and not in another community. And to do that, we're going to have to focus on investments in things like housing for sure, but also in creative investments with other nonprofit organizations to help uh, seniors remain in their homes when they can and for long as long as they want. Um, and one of the key issues to do that, particularly in rural communities like Sundry, uh, is investments in transportation. Our communities, there's a long distance to everything that we need, whether it be healthcare or a doctor's appointment, which I guess is healthcare, or even going to get groceries or other components of your day-to-day -day life. Uh, and we know that for seniors to remain in our communities, we're going to have to invest significantly in transportation. And that's why today I'm happy to be here on behalf of the Alberta government announcing another $1.1 million investment uh, with Healthy Aging Alberta to administer transportation programs in our rural communities. The first round of communities chosen for this program by Healthy Aging uh, is the community of Etson, Fox Creek, Oyen, the Municipal District of Smoky River, and my hometown of Sundry. 
Now, here in Sundry, these funds will allow the Sundry Community Van Association to expand their $5 ride day program from one to two days per week and expand transportation to the important transportation corridor of Olds for our community, where much of our community will go for medical appointments and other necessities. I can't stress this enough. It's important that seniors can get to where they need to go without breaking the bank and have the necessary supports to help them age in our community. We will continue as a government and as a province to invest heavily in making sure that we meet the affordability challenges uh, that we face across uh, the province, again, in big ways like uh, housing and large investments like removing taxes and other ways uh, to deal with utilities and other big impacts. But we will also continue to invest in small ways with partners like Healthy Aging Alberta to help deal with simple things like maintenance and snow removal and transportation uh, to make sure, again, that grandma and grandpa and the people that built our communities can remain in them. And with that, I would like to uh, ask uh, Lee Smithson, from the, who is the president of the Sundry Community Van Association, uh, who will be receiving these funds with Healthy Aging Alberta on behalf of his, uh, his organization to come and uh, give us a few words about how this will impact them. Thanks, Lee. Thank you very much, Mr. Nixon. Sorry. That's okay. I guess the only thing I can really do is say thank you to so many people. For 26 years, this organization has been running. So our oldest volunteer, surprisingly enough, is our van, and it's been serving for 13 years. It's a little tired. It needs replacement. So these funds will give us a new van and access for that. It will give us some operating funds, and we've even um, hired a new coordinator for our organization. So thank you very much to so many people all the volunteers over the years, present volunteers, and the community. Um, we, love, we love Sundry, too, Minister Nixon. <laughs> Thank you. Richard Warnock, Town of Sundry Mayor. What a great morning. Great announcements, and good morning to everyone that's attending today. A thank you to GNP for hosting this event. It's always good for this in our community. This is such exciting news for the town of Sundry, and on behalf of my entire council and Sundry administration, I would like to thank Mr. Nixon and the government of Alberta for their contribution to assist seniors in our community, especially in transportation. I know our seniors will be very, very happy and very pleased with this announcement. It is through these collaborative efforts that we can celebrate their successes, and we are so grateful to the Alberta government for their willingness to work with Healthy Aging Alberta and other nonprofits, and even within our municipalities for the benefit of seniors and mobility-challenged individuals that live in every one of our communities. It is important to access this transportation and to make it work to facilitate healthy community living. Again, thank you, Minister Nixon. Thank you to the province of Alberta. Thank you, Healthy Aging Alberta, for being the controlling person of this and making it good for the town of Sundry. In closing, I would like to thank the thousands of volunteers that work in all of our communities, and Sundry has been a leader in the volunteer world and having volunteers come forward, and I know many have helped the Sundry Community Van Association. So the town of Sundry, again, my entire council, thanks you all. Thank you. Uh, my name's Lisa Stebbins, and I'm a member of the Community Leadership Council of Healthy Aging Alberta. I'd like to thank the Greenwood Neighbourhood Place for hosting us today. 
On behalf of Healthy Aging Community Leadership Council, I'm delighted to be here to celebrate this essential step towards a coordinated approach to equitable, accessible, and affordable transportation for older adults across Alberta. A heartfelt thanks to Minister Nixon and his team uh, for your tremendous commitment to improving the lives of seniors in Alberta. The work we are doing together as a community-based sector alongside government is a critical step towards supporting our collective vision of making Alberta one of the best places in the world to grow older. It ensures that older adults living in rural communities have the transportation supports they need to age well and thrive in their own communities. The Healthy Aging Alberta Community Development Team has heard this over and over. Transportation services are essential to promote access to medical and social services crucial to everyone's well-being. Community-based organizations play a critical role in the lives of older adults. They're care partners for those who have them and the fabric of communities across Alberta. These organizations help ensure older adults have the services and opportunities they need to be engaged members of their community, aging in the place that is right for them. Healthy Aging Alberta is a bi-community, for-community, provincial initiative bringing together senior-serving organizations and system allies, united by a shared vision to enhance access to quality, empowering, and integrated community-based supports that leverage the assets and strengths of communities across Alberta. I'd like to acknowledge and thank the Ministry of Seniors, Community and Social Services and the exceptional staff we work with hand-in-hand every day. Thank you for being true champions of community and understanding the value of investing and supporting in the homegrown assets. The Ministry has been an ally, funder and co-creator of Healthy Aging Alberta and we thank you for walking alongside the community in this unique way. Today, with funding from the Ministry of Seniors, Community and Social Services, five dedicated and outstanding organizations in rural communities across Alberta are resourced to deliver assisted transportation services that support the overall health and wellness of older Albertans. This announcement marks another step towards building coordinated wraparound service delivery models that can better support older Albertans aging in the community. We are excited to continue this journey and growing collaboration between government and the community-based senior serving sector on this important work. Thank you. We'll start, now start our media availability. Uh, Simon, do you have a question? Or... Well, this is a wonderful announcement. I'm really glad to see the, the funding being made available. That, that's, that's Simon letting you know he's not going to ask a question about the announcement. He's going to ask a different question, but we're ready. Let's do it, Simon. <laughs> I, I was just a little curious on the recent announcement with regards to the, uh, the AHS change for the, the new four organizations there. Just wondering, alongside, I imagine, a number of other Albertans, how all these new additional layers of bureaucracy and... Uh, you know, middle positions are going to help to alleviate the pressure that we face on the front lines in terms of the doctor and nursing shortage, for example? Well, first, let me be clear. There'll be uh, no changes to frontline services uh, for any Albertan uh, and how they access the health care system. Uh, health care will remain uh, taxpayer-funded uh, by the Alberta government and free for Albertans to access. 
Um, to, and I want to be clear on that. I think that's very important that everybody understands that uh, if there's an emergency today, you go to the emergency room. Our continuing care facilities will continue to keep care of our seniors. Our addiction facilities will continue to address issues of addiction. And, of course, our family doctors and other primary care mechanisms will continue to do the work. And so day-to-day, for Albertans, not much changes. Uh, as for the question about uh, new layers of bureaucracy, uh, there is new organizations coming in, but they're replacing existing organizations that are already within the apparatus of Alberta Health Services. Uh, the reality is the large organization uh, known as Alberta Health Services has not been serving our communities adequately. We have people waiting uh, unprecedented amount of times for, for surgeries. Uh, we have uh, shortages of services inside rural communities like ours. Uh, and the time has come for something to be done different and to be able to make sure that we have a health care system that can uh, keep care of our communities uh, and keep care of communities for generations to come. Um, some of those changes are going to be uh, fleshed out as we work uh, with uh, frontline services over the coming months. Uh, the Premier has uh, put, obviously, Minister LaGrange and uh, Minister Williams, who's, sorry, Minister LaGrange, the Health Minister, Minister Williams as the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, uh, and myself as the Minister of Seniors and Community so- uh, Social Services on the Integration Council to make sure that we get that right. Uh, this is going to be a two-year process, uh, but at the end of this, I believe that we are going to have better frontline services, uh, more regional control and input, uh, and it's going to be better for Albertans long-term. So bigger government and more bureaucracy is not always bad? Um, to be clear, what I, that is not what I said, Simon. Uh, what, I, what I did say, Simon, very clearly is that uh, while there are new organizations coming in, they're replacing uh, existing organizations that were within the system. Um, there is going to be uh, changes within middle management and other structures of that organization to be able to make sure that we get it efficient and focused on keeping care of Albertans. But I want to be very clear, no frontline staff will be losing their job in that process. Uh, and in fact, we will be doing everything we can to get more resources to the front lines. We'll now move to uh, callers on the phone. Operator, could we please get our first question? Mark Dillian, CTV. Go ahead. Hi there. Uh, yeah, this, hi there. This is a question for the minister. Um, my question is regarding a protest taking place today outside of Southwest Calgary Seniors Home. It's the Westview by Silvera Complex. Uh, residents there are picketing over a 50% rent increase. I'm wondering what the province can do right now to help subsidize or support these seniors living on fixed incomes. Well, I think it's first, first of all, it's important to be clear that uh, the facility and the, uh, in, in, that where the protest is taking place is not a government subsidized facility. This is a private uh, facility. Uh, and so I do, I do think that's important context. The reality, though, is that we continue to see rents uh, go up across the province. Uh, we have invested significantly uh, in things like rent supplements, uh, which about a quarter billion dollars of the Alberta government is putting into rent supplements right now uh, to be able to help uh, individuals like fixed income seniors and others who are struggling with their changing rent circumstance. But what needs to be done is what Alberta government is already doing, a a drastic investment in the supply of housing. Why we see this situation taking place is because we have a shortage of supply of housing, which is why Alberta has gone in uh, significantly with our other partners, including the federal government and municipalities. Right now with a $9 billion investment going into affordable housing in our province, 
uh, to be able to make sure that we bring on more stock, which will stabilize the affordability situation uh, inside our province. The alternative is what some others have called for, which is things like rent control, which would be devastating for uh, the rent market. and would make tens of thousands of people homeless and would not address the situation. We have to increase the supply of housing. The good news is our plan is working. Every other province saw construction go down by about 8% in the month of September. We've seen our construction starts up 21% across the province. And in Calgary, our largest city, of course, which has the most pressure when it comes to this issue, uh, we have seen the largest purpose-built rentals being built since Confederation, since the start of the country. So we're excited about the measures that we're doing, but it's going to be a rough ride. Uh, This is the second year of a seven-year plan, uh, and we're going to have to just keep diligently working at it until we have enough houses for everybody to live in. Do you have a follow-up? Yeah, can you expand on, on how rent control would uh, would be devastating? I just, I'm just hearing from some of the residents here that are seeing upwards of $500 a month increases. So what rent, what rent control will do is immediately shut the entire construction market uh, and stop all purpose-built rentals and, and other investments inside building buildings. And so when you're dealing with a problem of a shortage of supply, that is a drastic uh, impact that in the end will create more people being homeless uh, and will end up being in a situation where we certainly don't have enough houses. We're already short houses. Uh, so going in and taking a, a measure uh, that would stop construction of houses uh, will have a, a long-term drastic impact on our society. And what it will do is result, again, in tens of thousands of people being homeless or unable to live in the province of Alberta. Every jurisdiction who's went down the road of rent control, it's been a disaster. There's not a major economist anywhere in this country calling for rent control uh, because it does not work. And it's, it's simply this. You, you, we have to create supply, which is why the Alberta government is focused on that. And we're doing everything from removing red tape to be able to uh, spur on construction, focused on bringing in skilled trades, investing in affordable housing, uh, using land in creative ways, working with our municipal partners on zoning and bylaw issues. Uh, and the proof is right there right now in the numbers. When Al- Alberta is the only jurisdiction with residential construction increasing and the Calgary being the largest purpose-built rentals in history show that that level of investment uh, is where we need to get to to be able to make sure that we re- restore affordability to the rental market. Operator, could we get our next question, please? Jillian Skulski, CTV. Go ahead. Hi, thank you so much for taking. Hi, thanks so much for taking my question. I apologize, it's not on the topic of the announcement today, but it is for the minister. Uh, last week, Edmonton Mayor Amarjeet so he told reporters 1,700 shelter beds will be added in the city in the coming weeks, and said more information on this will actually come from you and, and the province. Weather is expected to cool down in the next week. I guess when can we expect these beds, and what's the delay? Well, almost all those beds are online. So we already, at, at, at this morning already, I mean, over the last several weeks already, had the most shelter beds in Edmonton history already online. Uh, we will be at 1,700 before we get uh, into um, much further. So in the next couple of weeks, the last one should be coming on. Last I heard from the department. I want to be very clear. There is no shortage of space in Edmonton as a result, because, because of that investment. We increased investment in homeless shelters in Edmonton and Calgary by 71% this year and have brought on more beds that have ever been on in place in both of those cities. And I get a report every morning. It's the first thing I check on the capacity of our shelter system, particularly in Edmonton and Calgary, where our largest challenges are on this issue. Uh, and, I, and it is showing continually uh, that we are below capacity and we're able to be able to house everybody that needs 
needs to on an emergency basis in both those cities. Um, I'd have to get an update exactly from the department where we are in relation to the 1700, uh, but we're on track to have all of them open shortly, and we already have the most ever. I also want to emphasize the other big investment that the provincial government has done uh, at the advice of the city of Edmonton, and this has been um, you know, the mayor supports this and has been very clear that he appreciates the government taking this measure is that we've opened up every homeless shelter to 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we are taking measures to be able to make sure there's a warm spot for everybody to be in. I also want to stress, though, that this is not the permanent solution to this challenge. And that's why we're investing in, again, affordable housing and permanent housing programs to be able to make sure everybody has a home in our province. And further to that, the unprecedented investment the Alberta government's put in recovery and addiction recovery, which is a major component of what's taking place on the streets, uh, and making sure that we are going to be able to provide a bed, a recovery bed, for every person who's facing addictions that wants to go into recovery. Follow up? Yeah, I, I, I'm just a little confused because you're saying there's no shortage of space and that we have more than ever, but we're hearing from groups like the Boyle Street saying that it's a public health crisis and that there is a shortage, they need more beds, and that they're trying their best not to turn people away. Well, Boyle Street doesn't run a shelter, so I don't know um, what the context would be for an overnight shelter. Boyle Street's a critical nonprofit partner working with us on the streets, but they don't run an overnight shelter. So I'm not sure that they could be turning people away from from a shelter capacity if they don't run a shelter. What I can tell you, again, is the department tracks us every night. We're in contact with all of our shelter providers. Uh, No shelter is turning anybody away, and we have adequate space at the moment, and we will have adequate space as we go through this winter. I have been clear with the department from the moment that I took over six months ago, uh, that we will make sure that we have the most emergency capacity when it comes to shelter space in our history, and that any person who needs emergency spaces in our largest cities will have them. Uh, And we will continue to be diligent to make sure that happens. Thank you. That's all the questions we have today. Thank you. Thanks, guys.